How we doing at 11.30? Everybody all right? Huh? Aren't you glad you woke up and you got to the house this morning? Amen? Come on, was it a struggle for anybody? That's what I'm talking about. Getting the kids here was a struggle for her. Don't point it. She saw you do that. Anyway, and I just spotlighted it. We're glad you guys are here. Hey, how about that Pine Cove welcome gauntlet when you drove in today? Tell you, man, they're highly trained professionals. Not just anybody can stand in the, in, the, in the middle of rushing traffic. Like Frogger. How many of you remember Frogger? That's what I'm talking about. It is good. We are glad to be here. Thank you for allowing us, uh, Angie and my family, uh, uh, Angie and Annie, uh, some time at family camp this week at Pine Cove. We are PC approved and ready to roll. Now listen, I know what you're thinking. This is what happens when your daughter picks your shirt out. That's what I'm just telling you. And, and, it, and if I was, I, I, I was prepared with camouflage to wear today and Carhartt, I even had Duluth Trading Company undergarments because they're not your average undergarments. You know that, right? And, but, but this Father's Day. And so, uh, Annie, thank you. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be eating lunch while you're at Fogo de Chao, man. I'm sure I'll be at Zoe's Kitchen or something like that today. So in my pink shirt, eating pasta. So uh, anyway, but it's, it's all right. It's good. Um, if, and if any of you guys have a problem with my pink shirt, see me afterwards and I'd love to visit with you. And, um, but it's good. Now, uh, it's been a great week. Not only my pink shirt, and, and, and this is a brand called Chubbies, as if pink's not enough. It's called, it's Chubbies. And so I don't know what she's saying about that, but it just gets bad, doesn't it? Worst Father's Day ever, but it's okay. Tell the truth, I picked it out. I did. Yeah, because it makes my eyes pop. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, some of y'all don't know what just happened. Ask somebody, ask somebody under the age of 20, they'll tell you. Um, it's Father's Day. We're glad that you guys are here today. And uh, I, I, I was gone at Pine Cove, which means I've got two weeks of preaching today for you. So, but hey, how about Pastor Tim Jesco knocking it out of the park last Sunday? This is, we were, we were in the middle somewhere in East Texas watching it live stream. And my wife gave her heart to Jesus Christ last week watching live stream. So it's amazing. Actually, she's already been saved all, you know, a long time, but uh, anyway, but uh, but, but, but also with that, I, I'm normally gone on Father's Day. Some of y'all are saying, I wish you would have kept that tradition. But I'm, I'm here this Father's Day. And with that, uh, I, I'm going to preach to men today, if y'all are okay with that. Now, if, if you're not okay with a man message, I'm going to pray in about 90 seconds. And, and if you want to leave during the prayer, everybody closes their eyes and no one will notice, you can leave. You can still re make it to the Catholic Church and they've got a great sermon there, Father Norm. Uh, but if you want a man message, I'm gonna preach to men today because I don't normally get this opportunity. Uh, we're in this series called Restore. And, and, and what we're doing is we're, we're looking at some things in our present in our culture today that, that are not operating as God originally intended for them. Would you agree with me? We, we've talked about our view of God. We started there, remember that? And how we have such a low view of who God is today. And we need to restore that view 
That in some of you today, your view of God is based on what your earthly father has shown you. I'm telling you, God is not your earthly father. He's your heavenly father. And we as heavenly fathers, check this out. We will never, never match up or measure up to who he is. Are you with me? And so, so, so as Pastor Chach remind us, fight against that, that um, struggle or, or temptation to, to, to view your, your heavenly father like you view your, your earthly father. There's just this is no competition God, our heavenly father is, he is the one true God and he is his love and his compassion and what he is just, there's no one that can accurately replicate what God's, aren't you thankful for God, the father? Come on somebody. Um, and I'm glad we sang that song, by the way, it was incredible. It was great. Um, we talked last week, pastor Tim talked about restoring people. And uh, we were encouraged to be donkeys, right? And, and, and I love that and reminded that we're to carry the message of Jesus to people that he died for. For God so loved the, the world, not Republicans, not Democrats, not just white people, not just black people. He loves the whole world, right? And one of the first songs we learned as kids, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, right? Red and yellow, black and white. They, he died for the world. He didn't die for just people that had it figured out, people that had it all together. In fact, right, he came for people that were broken and flawed and jacked up. Am I talking to anybody like that in this room today? We all were that way. The Bible says we have that in common. We all have sinned. We all have fallen. We've all sinned, right? And we need the love and grace of of a Savior named Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that, right? Today, I want to talk about men, because I believe that our culture, we, we need to restore manhood in our culture today. Are you with me? But let's pray first, give you an opportunity to leave, and then we're going to dive. By the way, we have two hand, we still have two kids that aren't being prayed for. We, we have two kids. Anybody right now, anybody want to go to heaven? Come get these right now. Just Pastor, thank you. Oh, there's one. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm just kidding. That doesn't get get you to heaven. That was a joke, somebody. Lord, help me right now. Father, pray that you would just come and in this moment, Holy Spirit, we need you. Don't we, guys? Lord, without you and your presence, it's just words on a screen. Without your presence, it's just um, getting dressed up and sitting in a padded chair and it's just 70 minutes out of our weekend. But God, when you show up, whew, Transformation takes place. Lives are changed. The lost are found. The broken are restored. Blinded people receive sight. Miracles happen. That's what you do. And so we're excited that we're sitting in an environment where the Spirit of God is present because that means there's hope for us today, Father. There's a work you want to do. You, there's no coincidence. You didn't just bring us here so, so we would have something to do. No, you brought us here to meet with us. And you want to intersect our lives and change us. Anybody ready for transformation today? Lord, bring that. Or do you want to fill us anew? You do. And so we open our lives up to you right now. If you're ready, say, I am. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was thinking about a man message to preach. It's been a long time since I've preached a message towards men. And when I was thinking about it, like, who, who, who would be a good example? And, and even thinking about who a real man is right now, there are a lot of images that come to your mind, like Chuck Norris, right? You know things are better when Walker's around, right? 
maybe John Wayne. I remember watching The Rifleman with my father on Saturday mornings. And I'm telling you, it's a bad dude. He's like, pop, 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 just rip them off. You know what I'm saying? Over, under, and just get it, right? Curtis, you know what I'm saying? What comes to your mind when you think of a man? And so I thought, well, you know, we're going to be in church and I, I probably ought to think of somebody, somebody from scripture. And I, I first thought about David. David was a man. David was an awesome, he was a warrior. You remember lopping off the head, fighting Goliath and, 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 and parading his head. And you remember that? And, 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 but he was also a musician. Listen, you know somebody's bad whenever they can write beautiful harpsicle type of songs, but then take the head off of a giant. That's a bad day. Talk about how to train a dragon. I can't wait because I've wanted to know how long time. How can I train my dragon, right? We're going to learn that. David was a great author. He, 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 was, he, he, he was full of wisdom. He was a great shepherd. I mean, think about his dad entrusting sheep to, to, to the youngest of, of all of his sons. Man, I don't know how you feel about your youngest son, but there probably been a time or two you're like going, oh no, I hope this turns out okay, right? David was a man that was also flawed, wasn't he? He had some rough edges, he made some mistakes and that gives a guy like me great hope because even in the midst of some, some poor decision making, the Bible still describes David as a man after God's own heart. Doesn't that give us great hope, Jeff, to know that we don't have to be perfect or have it all together, you know, but, but David, I, and I love this, th these words in first Kings chapter two, that, that David is, we probably have read this. You may have never heard this. You may have seen it from this perspective before, but, but, but David is on his deathbed. He's, he's, he's probably in his, his, I don't know if he's struggling to, to have, uh, catch a breath. I don't know if he's struggling with his words, um, but, but, but David on his deathbed calls his son Solomon in. I want you to come stand beside my bed. And David takes this moment and these final moments of his life to, to still instruct and encourage his son Solomon with these words. First Kings 2, 2 says, David says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Meaning Solomon, I'm about to die, but he takes these moments to still continue to instruct his son, be strong, act like a man. Dads, I don't know about you. I don't know if, 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 if you remember many of the words your father's ever spoke over you or daughters, if you remember any of the words that your father spoke over you, but, but I'm telling you, that's pretty awesome. Um, those are pretty awesome words to share with your, with your child. Would you agree with me? And I don't know what kind of parent you are and what type of words you speak over, over your child, but, but we find this great man of God taking his final moments to continue to instruct his son, hey, I want you to be strong and I want you to act like a man. I don't know what was going on in the culture when David shared that with Solomon, but I do know what's happening in our culture today. Real men are hard to find. And I know that they're there. I know that there have been real men in this room today. I think real men are kind of like owls. Many of us have not maybe seen an owl, actual owl in its natural habitat, but we know they're there. We know they're real. And it's kind of like men today. 
our culture is just, it's, it's hard to find. Where are the real men? And so I think that it's good for us to start by, by contemplating David's words here. Be strong. Act like a man. The, 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 the truth of the matter is that most of us American males are unclear about what a real man is today for several reasons. I think one of those is the feminist movement has severely reworked the image of manhood. And what that's done is it's damaged our self-esteem. It's caused a little confusion. I know every woman in this room is ticked at me right now. Hang in there. In a few weeks, I have a message for women. I do. We're going to restore ladies, okay, and women. But, but, but we're just confused. The government's constant intrusion upon the family structure and and what God said, this is what a family is. We, We begin to listen to the media and other outlets around us and say, this is what today's family looks like. And guys, we've just so far wandered away from what God says family is all about. Are you with me? You better come with me today. Y'all hoot and hollered for Tim. I heard you. Men also face this, this popular notion that, that women can do anything a man can do. And this, 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 this kind of serves to, to it, it emasculates us as men. And we're like, what, what is God's highest standard and noble, noblest intentions for dudes? And he lays it out in God's word. Well, what does it mean to be a godly man? And, and what am I called to do today? God said, I just abdicate and, and give all of my responsibilities away and just work hard for a living. Now there's more to that that God has called us to. It's given our nation a plague of gender confusion that, that, that masquerades as trendy gender neutrality. And it leaves us with everything from unisex dress to, to mis- mixing the, the sexes on the front line of combat in the military. It's just, where are the men and what really are we called to do as a man today? This, this deepening crisis in our nation, it's devastating us, men. It's even crept into this thing we call the church. We, 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 we've, we have failed to articulate the, what I believe the true nature of the greatest man in history was. His name was Jesus Christ. You see, I believe that Jesus serves as the greatest example of true manhood. But many churches today portray him as meek and weak. And he's really effeminate, Right? flowing light brownish hair with blue eyes that sizzle and it's, he's, he's immaculate and we 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 don't talk about, I mean think Jesus grew up as a carpenter's son I, I can't help but think that there were many days in those first 30 years of his life carrying timbers of wood big stones and working those things with his hands. Can you imagine the calluses? Can you imagine the cuts and the scars and the bruises? He got dirty. He was rugged. He was tough. Now we know that he also was the son of God. He's not just some rough and tough dude. He's also full of love and compassion. But I'm telling you, he was fully God yet fully man. I think he did create, Steve, that first bar of lava soap. Y'all remember lava? It was a brick. It smelled horrible, but you knew that if you wanted to get clean after a day's work, you lavaed. 
Where are the men today? Most men in America today do not reflect the image of our best genuine model of manhood. And as a result, society is suffering. For example, many men are convinced that that it's somehow more manly to, to produce children, yet it's unmanly to take responsibility for them. That's why we have so many American households that are swarming with kids, but they're absent of a father. Consider the, the domestic abuse statistics in America. Hey, listen, what degenerate thinks that it's manly to beat a woman? I want to meet that man. I want to, so some, some countries pay back criminals for what they did. That might not be a bad thing in this nation. Well, why is it somehow affirming to him and that he's superior and has this great authority, but yet, and he acts out in violence, but yet scripture calls him to protect that very one that he beats, degenerate. I could ask the same question about men who, who have extramarital affairs. Well, what, what kind of man breaks his vows, destroys lives and violates God's laws? And instead they substitute it for false love and brief pleasures. It's that same kind of man who allows pornography, this, this kind of fictional intimacy of our imagination to sneak into his life and to destroy genuine intimacy with a loving wife. I mean, certainly men who do these things are not modeling themselves after the ultimate model, Jesus Christ. It's no wonder people are asking today in our culture, where are the men, the real men? It's no wonder that our boys and our, our sons and our daughters are struggling to say, hey, hey, really, what, what is a man all about? You know, we're hanging out at Hobby Lobby. We're, you know, eating pasta salad on Father's Day instead of turkey legs. And, and that hurts me. Where, where are we? We're a Hallmark watching, you know, where, where are the real men? Manhood is suffering today, right? It's suffering Men seem to be confused about who they're called to be and, and what their purpose is. They're, they're confused about how, how can I live out my godly calling? Well, well so today, here's what, we, we, we need a, a better definition of what masculinity is all about. We, 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 we need to, to understand better what, what, what does it mean to be a real man in this culture that, that is, is so out of control? This, how can we restore men to this, this, their original intent, their original design? Well, I just thought it would be great for us to, to go to the creator of man and see what he says about them. Is that okay? I, I thought about GQ, Men's Health, or Sports Illustrated, but all of those are written by women. I want to go to the Bible, okay, and, 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 and see what the creator of man had in mind when he made him. That, that's what you do, right? Andrew, that's what you do. You get back to the one who created. You ask the inventor. And, and I'm telling you, when you look in, in, in the very first book of Genesis chapter two, you, 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 you find early on that God is embedding his image into this, this clump of dirt that he's put together. 
Scripture says in, in Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. There, there's just kind of this, this lifeless form, this shape of, of, of a man. And, and, I, and I'm sure that first form had the body of a Greek God. He, 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 he would not wear chubbies. He was fit. He was awesome. Uh, but but the, he's, he's lifeless until what happened? Check this out. God breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Now, I want to stop right there and I could preach on this all day, but, but men, can I, just, can I just encourage you with something? If you're struggling today with whatever you want to call that, if you're, if you're, you're lacking direction or purpose, if, if you're down and out, if, you're, if you have a low self-view, I'm just telling you, I believe you need to return back to your spiritual creator. Listen, the form in Genesis 2, 7 was lifeless until God breathed his breath into him. It just might be that the difficulty you're facing, the struggle that you're in right now, it just might be a spiritual issue in your life. Return to your creator. Let his spirit well up within you. Let him dominate and fill you and control you. Be filled in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. We know all of these things, but do we do that? Do we live that? In the surrounding verses of Genesis chapter two, you, you, you find how God begins to divine the purpose of this created man, this being that he's breathed into. This is before he creates woman. God lays out the purpose of, of work, the expanse of, of a man's authority. The, he, he, he lays out, hey, these are the parameters of, of obedience. You, you know that God calls us to some things and he calls us away from some things. Do you guys know that? There's some parameters that he has in our life and as long as we live within those, just as you have those for your children, right? You, you're, you're trying to protect and you know that as long as you operate within these, life is, is good and, and things work out, right? God wants us to serve him. He wants us to be obedient. But, but, but look what it says. And you don't have this. You just got to trust me. I'm not making this up. This is Genesis chapter two, verse 18. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so I will make a helper who is just right for him. I love that. Masculinity finds its definition in God first and foremost. God defines who who we are as men, God makes men. But then also I want you to know that it's time for us as men to step into culture and to embrace the role that God has called us to. T -t Today serves as a, a, calling of, a calling up of men, you might say. B -b because scripture goes on after we've been created to quickly share with us some things about being a real man. Loving our wives and loving our kids. And in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, man has been formed. Adam's just, it says in verses 20 and, or 19 and 20 that, that God forms some, some wild animals and birds and he brings them to the man to, to see what name he would call them. And, 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 but yet he, 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 it says at the end of verse 20, there still was no helper that was just right for him. Meaning that the man, as great as it was, just name a few things today. There's still something lacking in his life. And verse 21 says that the Lord God caused the man to fall in deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the opening. The Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. 
Man, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you see your woman as a gift from God? Do, do you see her that way? The, the, the Hebrew word for woman here in, in Genesis 2 is the word azer. Azer. And that word literally means, as it says in Scripture, a helper. She is a completer. She comes to the complete rescue of, right? Do you see your wife, men, as a gift, a helper, a, a rescuer from God? Is she a gift to you? Now you can amen, hoot and holler and wave your hanky, but do you tell her that? Do you treat her that way? Does she know that you view her that way? You see, God saw man's need and he saw that man needed someone to, from a cheesy Jerry Maguire movie, complete him. You complete, that's biblical. That's what Azer does for the man. So men, will you choose to receive your spouse as a gift from God? In fact, I'd love for every man in this room to read this next screen. I use capital letters and use small words so that we could read it, not be embarrassed. But men, would you repeat these words after me my, or with me? My spouse is God's gift to me. That feel good? Look, if you've got a spouse here, tell her right now. If you don't have a spouse, see me afterwards and we'll get you hooked up. But, but look at her right now. And, and listen, let's say that together. My spouse is God's gift to me. You see, a lot of us men operate from the opposite direction. We think we're the gift to our spouse, to our wife. We think, how could you, how could you not like this? My chubby pink shirt. How could you not like this? But yet scripture says that our spouse is God. In fact, men, will we choose to become a gift to our spouse? Now, wait a minute. I just thought you said that she was God's gift. She is, but you are to be a gift to her as well. Scripture says in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. Men, you see the challenges on us. The scripture doesn't ask the wife to die for you, but it challenges us as husbands to die for our wives. I know that there are parts of the Bible we wish we could rip out and omit and not have to follow, right? But in here, it's quite clear. Guys, we should not be troublesome, a struggle, a difficulty, a headache, a pain, a thorn in the flesh to our spouses. She is a gift to us, but vice versa. We are to be a gift to her. Ladies, can I get an amen? Yeah. What about your kids? What about, what about children if you, if you have children? I love this, this, this passage in Matthew chapter three, after Jesus's baptism, something really, really incredible happens. Jesus comes up out of the, the Jordan river. He's been dunked. He's been baptized there. And look what it says in verse 17. There was a voice from heaven that said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Do your kids bring you great joy or do they bring you trouble? Some of you I feel, I know you felt like today you, you came to, to church today with the devil sitting in the back seat of your car, right? And he's five or six and, and they're rude and they're mean. Hey dads, do you, 
Is that not awesome? Do you think Jesus was like, my father is speaking down on me right now and he says, I bring him great joy. Are there any better words? Men, be honest. Men, listen. Wouldn't you love it today to hear your dad say, you bring me great joy. You dudes would trade that for a new car or anything, wouldn't you? To have dad provide that for you. Hey, you daddies in the room. When's the last time you spoke that over your kids? When's the last time you told them, say, you know what? I just want you to know when I look at you, you might have to lie a little bit to them, but it's okay. (laughs) This is not a focus on the family moment, that part, but this one is. I want you to know you bring me great joy. Hey, dads, can I tell you something? Your voice is important. It's important. What you speak into your kids is, is, is either life-giving or it brings death to them, hurts them. It's probably safe for me to say that many of us in this room have been the recipients of some of those death-type words spoken from maybe a mom or a dad, right? But I just want you to know that your voice is important. And dad, some other things real quick that I want to encourage you with. Listen, you're, you're the family shepherd and a shepherd does a lot of things when it comes to shepherding. And, and, and you are to play that same role when it comes to, to your kids and your family. Hey, Dad, you should bless your children. You know that, right? But so many times, you know what we do? We provoke them. Scripture says in Ephesians 6, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Oh, Anybody ever been guilty of that? Come on. Just me, good. Don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, look what he says. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. How can you bless your kids? I've already told you, your spoken words carry weight. Hey, words of, words of affirmation, maybe meaningful touch. Hey, hey, dads, when's the last time you, 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 you spoke value into your kids' lives and you said, you know what, I see this in you and I believe that God's gonna use this for an incredible future in your life. You see a characteristic or a quality. Dads, you can set your kids up for future success by by highlighting that, spotlighting that into them, drawing that out of them. Hey, what about blessing your children by by, by just being actively committed to them? Listen, I uh, many of you know 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 my family history, and but but I had a dad that worked out of town Monday through Friday. I saw him Friday night through Sunday afternoon, and when you throw in sleep and when you throw in church, I had just a few hours each each weekend with my dad. But I do remember my dad. I don't remember a lot of words he he necessarily said, but I remember my dad oftentimes making the most out of those few hours that we had together, teaching me how to work an axe. 
teaching me how to fish. Wes teaching me how to hit a fastball. I remember those, those things. But my dad, in those few short hours that he was with me, he was, he was actively present. He wasn't just sitting in a recliner drinking sweet tea and, and, and watching what was ever on TV back then. He wasn't definitely on some digital device and, and, and checking email and things like that. He was actively present. That was an incredible, incredible gift for me as a young boy. A dad protects his children. Hey, men, we're, 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 that's what shepherds do. They, 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 they protect. I'm not talking about helicopter and, and keeping them free from, from hurts and pains over maybe bad choices or bad decisions. But yeah, you're going to do whatever you can to, to, to protect your children. A, a shepherd motivates. A dad motivates his, his kids. He sacrificially loves his children. I'm telling you, this thing called dadhood is an awesome, awesome undertaking. But he sacrificially loves his children. Men, listen, your presence is so great. Hmm. Jim Valvano is, was a legendary college basketball coach. Started out early on at Rutgers, I believe, and around the year of 1980 becomes the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina State University. 1983, probably one of the greatest NCAA basketball championship games of all times, pitted Phi Slamma Jamma, which is the University of Houston, against the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Houston was the Goliath. North Carolina State, the David. And for those of you that remember, I still can see the shot you know, 1983, I was only like three years old, but I still, re just kidding. I, I remember the shot. The shot comes from somewhere behind the three-point arc in midcourt. It's an air ball, but Lorenzo Charles was under the goal for North Carolina State. Grabs it mid-flight and dunks it in. Clock expires. The game is over. NC State has taken down Goliath. Jim Valvano was the coach of NC State. And you see him kind of running around in his suit and he's kind of looking for, for someone to love and hug. And it was funny, but it'll make more sense to you in just a few moments when I tell you how the story ends. They continue to enjoy some success. And, and in 1989, NC State is, is found to, to be paying its players and um, uh, uh, fudging on some of the uh, student athletes grade so that they could play. And Jim Valvano is really forced to step aside from a game that he'd given his whole life to coaching. Many other lucrative offers come to him for coaching. He declines them, turns them down, and instead takes on the role of a TV analyst. And people ask him, why would you pass up on some of these premier jobs that you're being offered? And Jim Valvano, he, was, he said this, he said, I've been so preoccupied all of my life with wins and losses that I didn't have time for my home. Jim Valvano tells this story about a Father's Day that he'll never forget. Quote, I remember one Father's Day when I happened to be home when I happened to be home and nobody had planned anything. How could they? I'd probably never been home on Father's Day before. I was probably in Atlanta giving a Father's Day speech or, or I was off in Chicago receiving a Father of the Year award, but you can bet I was never home. 
You see, that scene of Jimmy Valvano running around the game afterwards looking for someone to hug was really an accurate picture of his real life. That his family had, well, they weren't present. You know why? Because he wasn't. He had not been there. So Father's Day to them was just another weekend in which dad's gone somewhere. Men, can I just encourage you with something? You can either bless your children or you can wound them for life. And sometimes we don't have, the, have to have the biggest sayings or the, the neatest cliches. Sometimes your presence is enough. Am I talking to you today? Your presence is enough. So man, let me ask you a question today. What are you living for? What is it in your life that will truly last? Um, David Williams was an offensive lineman for the Houston Oilers. I don't know if you remember them. Houston had a football team known as the Oilers. And, and in 1993, while they were playing one of their arch rivals, the New England Patriots, this, this lineman, David Williams, missed the game. He, he, he didn't even board the team playing for Foxborough to play. You know why? He stayed home for the birth of his first son. David Williams' absence and not playing in that game cost him one game's paycheck. That total was $111,111. He gave up to be in the hospital for the birth of his son. Newspapers and ESPN and everybody had a field day with that, blasted him because of it. Can, can, you, can you just imagine, what would you do in that moment? I mean, really, would, would the kid really know if we were there or not? Would he, would he, would he really know? But I want you to imagine David Williams' son sitting around with some of his buddies 25 years later. I wonder what he thought of his dad in that conversation. My dad, oh guys, he's, my dad's a knucklehead. Or would he say something like this? You know, my dad loved my mom and me more than a paycheck. What kind of legacy, men? Are you leaving? What were your kids and what were your spouse re remember you for? Listen, it is time for us to stand up in a culture that says that, that this is what manhood's all about. And it's time for us to stand up and be the men that we were created to be. Are you with me? If you are, I want you to stand with me right now. We're tired of low level living. We're, we're, we're going to stand in the face of what culture says that we should be. And we're going to trust Jesus and we're going to look to him. In fact, I want to ask you men that would be willing just to come down front today and stand in front of this, this stage. As we make a declaration to God and as we, we stand here with our hands stretched out saying, Jesus, listen, we want to live for you. We are tired of, of, of operating 
based on what the world has said, this is what a man looks like. Today, we are drawing a line in the sand. And today, we're gonna be a man of God. We're gonna demonstrate to our sons and our daughters what a true man looks like. We're not gonna buy into the media or or culture and what they say. And we're gonna live to our original design and our Creator's intent for our lives. Are you with me today? Some of you guys down here, listen, I want you to know something. You may have already blown it. Some of these illustrations may strike a nerve to you. You can relate to what I'm talking. Can I just tell you something? God's not mad at you and he's not written you off. He still has great dreams for your life. Listen, God's desire is that we be excellent husbands and excellent fathers. But let me tell you something. Excellence does not mean perfectionism. We will never be that. You know what excellence means as a husband and as a dad? I show up and I give it everything I can. That's all that God asks for us. You give your wife your very best. You give your sons and your daughters, you give them your very best. Some of you are like, Pastor, I just have them for one weekend based on, on the agreement in the courts. I don't give a rip. You give that kid your very best. They need a daddy. You show up and you love on them. Man, my spouse, we're, 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 we're at odds right now. It, is, it seems like it's too far gone. I'm telling you, it's not. You humble yourself. You lay aside that pride and you return to that azer that God brought from you and gifted you with. And you become a gift to her. Don't you be a burden. Don't you be a slug. Don't you be lazy. You love her. You sacrifice yourself because I said so. No, because the word of God says so. You die to yourself. You give yourself for her. Let your kids know dad's not perfect. I've made mistakes. But all we can do now, guys, listen, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Do you know that? It's not how you start. If it was how we started, man, a lot of us would be doomed in our faith because we started in our faith relationship with Jesus red hot. But some of us right now, we're not there, are we? It's not how you start. Kenneth, it's how you finish. And we can choose this day. This is how I'm gonna live from this point forward. God's created us to express Him to our culture. And God has created us to represent Him as well. Would you guys bow your heads and I'm gonna pray a blessing over you. Ladies, I know that you can stand and get behind this right now, can't you? Come on, stand up, ladies. Reach those hands to the front right now. Just stretch them out. I mean, you got a group of ladies that are praying for us. Hey, you ladies are looking for real men in our culture too, aren't you? They're screaming for it, dudes. They're screaming for it. We owe it to them. Let's rise up be who God's called us to be. Father, thank you that through the blood of Jesus Christ, there's grace and mercy, there's love, there's acceptance, there's forgiveness. You don't look at us as wretched and, and too far gone. You look at us as sons and daughters. You look at us as saints. Come on. Hey, put that word saint in front of your name right now. I am Saint Jason. You are Saint Dave. You are Saint Wes. You are Saint Robert, and it's not based on what we do, it's based on who we are and how we stand in God's view. Are you with me there? God, you love us, 
and we lift our hands up to you today, Father. We declare we need you, God, because this thing of loving our wives as, as you love the church, we can't do that apart from you. Lord, this idea of instructing and training our children in your, your, your decrees, Lord, Lord God, it is hard. We're facing so many other cultural messages. But God, with your power at work within us, oh, whew, Father, we will lead well. Father, I'm gonna pray for that man with his hand stretched up right now that's already blown it. They've been sucked into pornography. Lord, I pray that right now you would impress upon him that that's not your desire for his life. Lord, for that man that's already screwed and he's broken up the, the marriage vow, Lord, I pray that today he would seek forgiveness of that, come clean of that, and love his wife as you called him to. Father, for those of us that have not spoken life into our sons to tell them, you were created by God to be a man not some effeminate phony. Don't you listen to what culture says. This is who you are based on who God says you are. May we love our daughters in a noble, honoring way. May we be the man. May they see in us the man that we desire for them to marry. We don't want to hand our wife, our daughters off to some gorilla. And giving our daughters away is like, it's a precious thing. But God, they need to see that in us. They need to see us model that with their moms and love them as we desire that they would be loved one day. Father, work in us our country's longing for real men men that will rise up we may be the minority but it's still the right way to live we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus name all the men in this house said amen, amen. amen. come on can we just celebrate and thank God today you guys can have a seat. Thank you, man, for being here. Listen, some of you are going to be late to your Fogo de Chao reservation. I apologize. Zoe's Kitchen is still open, though. I know that. But listen, can I just say this? Our ministry team, prayer ministry team, would you guys just kind of hang out today? As, as we like to end each one of our gatherings, we, we know that there's some hurts and pains. There might be some things today that the Holy Spirit has, has uncovered in our time. Ladies, are we okay? You, are we okay that... You guys okay and with what what took place in this room today? And good. I've got a word for ladies coming up in a few weeks, but but we know that there's some hurts and pains, and, and we have a, a team of, of people that stand here today that are gonna pray with you and encourage you. If there's something you're dealing with, listen, it is so good that God brings other people in our lives that will, will come around us in a time of difficulty. So so this ministry team's gonna stand up here. Are you guys okay? You guys all right to be here and minister to people today? Sean, you and Julie all right? And uh, we're gonna minister to people today. And so would everybody just stand up and, and just let me pray over us. God, thank you for your presence today. I'm glad we, we got to the house today, Lord. Your word's been good. The worship's been sweet. And God, I pray that we would leave here differently, transformed by this experience with you. 
Lord, for those in this room today that just need an extra word of encouragement, let them not leave without receiving a word that you have for them. All for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.